One of the most lucrative ways to sustain a career as a content creator or influencer is working with brands. And while there are countless brands out there looking for creators to work with, we often have a hard time finding the right ones, making strong connections with those brands, and getting them to dish out payment for our services. We have to scour the web and our homes to figure out what brands we'd actually like to work with and which will align with our audiences. We have to find ways to actually connect with them and not get email bounce backs with every message we send. We have to show those brands why we're worth paying hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to. And we have to impress the brands we do work with enough that they want to keep working with us for the long haul. Mind you, this is all on top of keeping up with regular posting, interacting with our audiences, and wearing all of the other hats that we wear as creators. So how can you attract your dream brands, get them to hire you, and get them to stick around? I'm Kristen Busquette, and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over 350 $50,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Today, we're here with Jenny Melrose, a business coach, content strategist, and podcast host, creating content strategies for you to scale your business. She's also the author of Influencer Entrepreneurs, a book that shares Jenny's four-step framework for building your audience, growing your business, and making money online. Jenny was able to leave her teaching career after the income from her lifestyle blog far surpassed what she was making in her full-time job. Eventually, she was able to sell her blog and become a business coach and the host of Influencer entrepreneurs, a business podcast that teaches you how to build a stronger biz with blogging and social media tips that are up to date and proven. Today, we're diving into how to find your dream brands, what methods you can use to connect with them, and how to get more inbound requests, and how to build those long-lasting connections to keep your brand partners hiring you long-term. We're giving you the scoop on all things attracting your dream brands as a creator. This, my biz BFF, is Social Scoop. If you're listening to this episode, you're probably looking to sustain a full-time career as a creator, right? You want to quit your nine to five. And if you already have, you're looking for ways to continuously have enough income to live off of. If you're serious about this career, serious enough to dedicate the time, energy, and money that it takes to make it happen, why not skip through the hard stuff? Why not get closer to your goals quicker with help? As a member of the Social Mate private creator community, you'll have access to 60 plus other like-minded creators to learn from and network with, one-on-one coaching access to me, a creator who has successfully made six figures every year since I went full-time working with brands and building my personal brand, and plenty of resources like our collaborative brand email database, ebooks and templates, weekly reels trending sounds, live creator meetups, and so, so much more. You can get a taste of the membership at a discounted price by being a Social Scoop listener. At checkout, use code SCOOP for 50% off your first month of membership. When you enroll, you'll already get a free one-on-one call with me so that we can get you started. Let's do this together. I will see you guys there. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 56 of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen. And as always, I'm so excited that you're here because the holidays are, you know, coming around. We just had Thanksgiving. This time of year for me feels like all I want to do is like hibernate. I just want to sit on my couch with a book and not do anything else. So it's been really difficult 
difficult, if I'm being honest, for me to get any work done. But the good news is, it seems that the news for social media is slowing down. I think that a lot of these companies, a lot of the platforms are realizing, like, we need some time. We need a minute. And so we only have a couple of things to talk about today in terms of news. First things first, we did talk about this in a previous episode, but we finally have more information. Instagram is testing social channels. So social channels seem to be the Instagram equivalent of a Facebook group or like a Facebook group chat. Basically, you can create a social channel that anyone can join to connect over shared interests. Your channel will live on its own tab in your DM section. So at the top of your DM section, you'll have primary, general, requests, and then there will be another tab called channels where you can see all of the different basically group chats that you're a part of. So you can share a story sticker to get people to join your channel. And it looks like the max capacity for a channel is 250 people. For me, I think this is almost kind of like an, oh, a way to have like a little newsletter maybe with your audience. Or if you don't already have like a Facebook group or a community, obviously this is a great way to do that. I do like to tell people, I guess, to be a little hesitant about building these things on Instagram, because we just never know what's going to happen with Instagram in the future. This is why I've been so hesitant to start a subscription on Instagram. Of course, we already have our membership program. So it doesn't feel like I need it. But even so having my community based on Instagram there with my payments being all you know, controlled in Instagram is a little scary with how unstable I guess things have been on the app. So just keep that in mind. I think this is a great way to have like a fun little community, become a little bit closer with your community. I'll definitely be starting one of these once we have one, just to kind of talk about the news on socials, talk about different things like that. And I will be definitely using it as a way to promote my podcast, to promote my membership, all of those kind of things. So definitely really interesting. I like this feature. I feel like I rarely am like, guys, I really like this, but I actually really like this. And the last thing that we have to talk about today in the news, YouTube is testing product tags for shorts. So if you're posting on YouTube shorts, which if you're not, it's a great opportunity. I definitely would suggest at least just repurposing your content onto shorts, of course, without the watermark. But if you are posting onto shorts, you may soon have the ability to dip into another form of monetization on the app. So YouTube has begun a pilot program with selected creators, which will see product tags displayed within their shorts users will be able to see those tags and actually shop those tagged items directly in the app, similar to what Instagram shopping is. YouTube will actually be taking an undisclosed cut of the sales. We don't know how much exactly yet, but I feel like they've been fairly fair really with um, the amount that they are really working to help creators. So I don't think this is going to be a big cut by any means, but creators will receive a commission on the products that they sell. So this is essentially like an affiliate program for tagging products on YouTube shorts, again, very similar to what we have on Instagram where we can tag products. So I think this is a really cool opportunity if you are on YouTube, if you're using shorts. And again, if you're not, I think it's a huge missed opportunity. At least get on there and repurpose some content. Without further ado, let's dive into our episode today with Jenny Melrose. Super excited for this one. So funny. We actually live like 30 minutes away from each other and I did not know this. So I'm so excited to connect with Jenny more. And I think you guys are going to absolutely love her and this interview. So let's dive right into it. 
All right, guys, so we are here today with a very special guest who's going to be talking about attracting your dream brands, which I know that we all very much would like to do. So Jenny, thank you so much for being here today. Of course, Kristen, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. Of course. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do for those of us who don't know. Yes, of course. So my name is Jenny Melrose. Um, I started off a lifestyle back back in 2009, where I created quick and easy recipes and projects for busy parents. Um, I was also at that time an inner city school district teacher with a six month old when I started it. Wow. So um, moved down on the line and sponsorships were how I was actually able to replace my teaching salary. And I retired at 35. Um, once I was able to retire from teaching, we, I lived in New York and I was able to, the, we moved down to North Carolina. Um, and once we came down here, I was getting asked a lot to speak at blogging conferences about how I was able to retire from teaching. There were a lot of questions around how that was possible. Uh, and what I always noticed was was that every time I would get back from a conference, I would always have like 100 emails waiting for bloggers saying, well, what do I do about this? And how do I do this? And what do I do about that? I'm like, okay, hold on a second. We're going <laughs> to lean back into our teaching background. And we're going to create a course and we're going to do the things. So I created my signature course, Pitch Perfect Pro, which I'm most well known for that really walks people through the whole sponsorship process. And I then turned around in 2019 and sold my lifestyle blog for six figures and really just put all my effort into my coaching side of my business. So I help bloggers and influencers really understand how they can monetize through different revenue streams, whether it's sponsorships, their own products, affiliates, all of the little pieces that go into it. I love that you've had the most well-rounded experience here. Like you have <laughs> truly dipped into like every part of influencing that there is. I love that. Yeah, it was definitely a ride. I mean, to say <laughs> when you start, when you say that you started off in 2009, I normally say it's back when the dinosaurs roamed the internet. I mean, Instagram Basically. didn't even exist. Pinterest was just starting. Um, and of course, TikTok was like non-existent. So <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really so crazy. I mean, obviously, it sounds like you've been around the block when it comes to working with brands. Um, and so how did you kind of figure out like, what are the brands that I actually want to be attracting? You know, I think a lot of creators when they're first getting started are like, I'll just take anything and everything that comes my way. But obviously, you should be a little bit more picky and choosy and more strategic about who you're working with. How can a creator actually find out who their their dream brands really even are? Yes. So it's actually easier than you think. Whatever <laughs> your niche is or niche, what are the products and services that you're already using? So if you're a beauty blogger, go look in your makeup bag. What are you already using? Those are the brands that you should be reaching out to. If you do style, Again, look in your closet, see what it is that you are naturally using. Because when you naturally already have those things, it's that authentic relationship that you can actually easily create with a brand because it's already there. That authenticity piece is huge because when it does come to working with brands, you have to be able to articulate to them what works and what doesn't work for your audience. Because one yeah. of the most important things you have to remember as a influencer and blogger is that your audience is what matters most. You do not want it to feel like you're selling out to the point where 
you lose your audience. That is not the purpose of creating sponsorships and creating content for brands. You want to be able to create content that they the audience is going to interact and engage with so that the brand is getting whatever the goals are that the brand has for that campaign. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I think some creators who are just getting into it and, you know, they see from an outside perspective, okay, if I'm a creator, all I have to do is like take some pictures and I get paid for it. That's so cool, you know, but having a trustworthy audience is literally like the bread and butter of how you're going to get these sponsorships. Because you're right, like, People don't care unless they already care about what you're posting outside of a sponsor sponsorship. So it's got to feel authentic. It's got to feel organic. Um, and that's definitely very helpful for it to feel that way. Um, one other thing that I'm curious about, one thing that I hear from a lot of creators too is, okay, so I know like I can look in, you know, my drawer and whatever, and like, I'll get all of these brands, but what happens after I pitch all of those? Like where, where else can I look um, aside from, from brands? that I'm already using. Do you have any suggestions there? Yeah. So I think it can also be sometimes the stores that you use. I think so one of the methods that I teach is to be able to not only interact with people on social media, but also to be able to find an email so that you can get in front of them. And I use LinkedIn for that. And I think yeah. that that's odd for a lot of people to hear, but I look at LinkedIn because I want to look and see who on their team is working for the marketing department. Who's maybe even just calling themselves influencer marketing. Um, that's who I want to get in front of and start that relationship with because let's be honest their inboxes are bombarded their social yeah. media is bombarded with influencers um some of us have got, given ourselves a bad rap because of the way that we pitch ourselves and the things that we expect for certain things so in order to combat that I start that relationship on LinkedIn be able to then take that and know that I'm reaching out to the right person on their campaign um within their team now when I'm also doing that what will happen is is LinkedIn when you are looking at certain businesses to see who is on their teams, they will then recommend other businesses. So it's within the same niche. They're smart. So if you're looking at Sephora, they're then probably going to pop up Ulta, right? Now, obviously, those are right. really huge name brands that I just threw out there. But you can start and even think about like smaller, obviously test those brands out. Like if you're going to use a target brand of makeup that is there, test it, see that it works, know that you like it, and then be able to start that conversation and try to find someone on their marketing team. Um, but that honestly, like I'm always looking for that. It's almost like a spider web to me when I'm in there on LinkedIn because yeah. it's so smart. It's going to suggest the next brand that's very similar to it. LinkedIn, for anyone listening that's not on LinkedIn, is a gold mine. Like I don't mm -hmm. think people utilize LinkedIn as much as they should. I mean, myself included, like I've been trying to be more active on there as of recently because it's just crazy the connections that you can make. I mean, what I have done recently is just started interacting with people's posts. And I've had, you know, brands, CEOs of brands that I just am finding out about because I'm coming across one of their their posts. I'm like, wow, I could totally work with this brand. And then like, I'll comment on something and they reach out to me the next day. So LinkedIn is a goldmine. Um, first of all, one other thing that I like to do as well, like think outside the box of, of whatever it is. So for me, like, I, as a creator monetization coach, like you would think I would just want to work with companies that are directly related to creator monetization. But I kind of like to think outside the box a little bit too. I might look into like 
a productivity app because we're all, you know, business owners who I'm talking to, or maybe I'll look into a wine brand because, you know, after a long day of work as a business owner, like we could all use a glass of wine. <laughs> so thinking yeah. outside the box, I think can, can kind of get you a, a bigger variety and, and more brands that you can pitch to, because I know sometimes you pitch like, you know, 50 pitches and then you're like, okay, man, like I, I'm all tapped out. I don't know where to go from here. Um, so yeah, you gotta, you gotta think outside the box, use LinkedIn. I love that. Um, so kind of moving on to attracting these dream brands, once we've been able to figure out who they are, what are the things that we can do within our content and in our branding that can actually help attract those brands to us? Yes. So in attracting the brands, you also attract the audience, right? We always got to go back to that audience, making sure we're attracting the audience. And one of the things that I actually, I have a pack framework. It's my four part framework that I actually wrote in my book, Influencer Entrepreneurs About. Um, but that P is the positioning. What problem do you solve and how can you uniquely position yourself within the marketplace? So for me, when I talk about that, I'm a coach and then I work with bloggers and influencers, I always talk about the pep fact that I'm a former teacher. I talk like a teacher. I give homework like a teacher. I am a teacher. <laughs> and anyone that doesn't ha that has trouble have understanding the way that things need to get broken down. I know how to break them down for pretty much any kind of learning style. I always will say that as a former inner city school district teacher, I was used to dodging chairs and continuing to teach. <laughs> Whereas now with adults, I'm like, oh, I can teach you how to do that. That's really easy. We can have a conversation. I don't have to dodge a chair. Good. <laughs> We're good. Um, and I think that that's what makes me unique and different than a lot of the coaches that are out there because I am a former teacher. So it also can come down to you age sometimes can make a difference. A lot of times when I am talking to people, I'm speaking to moms. I am a mom. I know what COVID was like having, <laughs> you know, the pandemic and the kids home and running the business and doing the things and still trying to feel like you were sane when you were trying to run your business. And right. because of that, you kind of attract the audience that you also are. So your positioning is very unique to you. One of my favorite stories that I tell is of a client who over and over again said to me, I don't, I'm not unique. I'm just like everybody else. And I looked at her and I was like, okay, remind me again, how many kids you have? And she goes, Jenny, you know, I'm pregnant with number nine. And I was like, mm-hmm. Right. And remind me again, uh, where do they go to school? And she, again, she like rolled her eyes at me and she's like, oh, you know, I homeschool my kids. And what? I was like, oh, uh-huh. And I'm like, okay. I said, so, and I just kind of stared at her for a second. And all of a sudden it was like, I don't know if you're friends fan or not, but Joey Tribbiani, when he gets those moments of like, oh my God, connecting the dots, it was her. She looks at me and she goes, oh my God, I'm a homeschooling mom of nine kids that can teach people how to budget for $400 in a month on their groceries. This was pre-inflation though, of course. Yeah, true. Um, so, but it was that moment of understanding it's not always your content that makes you unique. Sometimes it's your background. It's your experiences. Yeah. Are you a former lawyer? Did you do corporate? How many kids do you have? How many kids do you not have? Um, I think that that's all part of it, where you are in your journey. It really is going to attract some people to you and then others are going to be repelled by that. Not everybody likes the fact that I talk so fast because I'm from New York. So 
and that I'm just not their cup of tea then and that's fine with me. (laughs) But you have to be able to like really know your positioning and understand who you are in the marketplace so that you can not only attract the audience, but also then attract those brands. Because the brands, honestly, they don't really care about us as much as we want to think it is all us with our little duck faces sometimes. (laughs) It's they care about the audience that you have. They want to know that you know who are they? What are they coming for to you for? Yeah. Where are they buying the products and services that they want? How are they engaging? Are they engaging on Instagram? Do they listen to a podcast? What is going to be the most effective way to then work with that brand is going to be key. And if you don't know how your people interact with you, then you're already going to be behind on the campaign that you're working on. Yeah, I mean, knowing who you are, and then embracing that so much, though, so that again, like brands are able to go to your profile and see like, okay, this is exactly who this person is. In turn, their audience is probably also very similar. So again, I think it's difficult for people. Sometimes they want to put themselves into a box of like, I'm a beauty blogger, but like, okay, what kind of beauty blogger? What are you a clean, affordable beauty blogger? Like there's got to be another layer to it that can like really hone in on who you are because then again it gives an even more targeted audience and that audience really is your bread and butter like that's what they're paying for is access to be in front of your audience so knowing who that is is always going to be very helpful again when it comes to um you know going through brand campaigns and really helping that brand reach their goals so i love that um now As creators, we spend a lot of time pitching. Sometimes it doesn't always go the way we want it to. Um, Obviously, I think in a perfect world, we get to a point where we don't have to pitch anymore and we get inbound requests enough that we can sustain a living. So how can creators get more inbound requests? So I think it becomes from having those long-term relationships. Once you have a relationship once, being able to then turn it around. A lot of times you're going to be, when you are doing an influencer campaign, you're often working with a PR company that doesn't represent one brand, they represent multiple brands. So if you're able to deliver on the campaign that you are working on with them, knowing how to take the content that you have delivered for them, be able to report back to them with the data and showing that you delivered everything that they needed and more so that you can then repitch them, pitch them for long term, continue to use that. I think one of the things too is that people, when you are starting out and you're trying to land these campaigns and deals with brands is that you have to understand pitching is a numbers game. It just is. It's like sales. It's like anything. People get frustrated because they're like, oh, I put up an affiliate link for something and didn't get any clicks. And I'll always ask, how many times did you do it? And they're like, once. What do you mean? I did it once in a story. I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, once in 24 hours, are you out of your mind? Of course, no one did anything. People need to see things seven to eight times before they take any action. That's simply clicking on a link. That's not even then going to cart and purchasing. So you have to be routinely putting things out in front of people so that they can continue to interact with it, engage with it. And I think that you have to remember that when you are pitching and working with brands is that 
they're just as busy. So you have to have a follow-up process. You need to continue to get in front of them and find ways to interact with them. Um, I think, you know, anytime you can show that it's an authentic relationship by interacting with them on Instagram or in social, um, LinkedIn, wherever it is that you are. And I think part of it too is when it comes to it, you also need to show them that you are not a one-trick pony. In other words, be be able to go beyond the one feature in Instagram that you're well known for. If you do really well at Reels, well, can you talk about stories? Do you have a blog? Do you have an email list? Do you have yeah. TikTok? Be able to put together a package price that's going to make you stand out so that it makes it easier for them to continue to want to work with you. Yeah, I love that. And again, I think having those multiple channels only leads to more exposure, more of that repeat exposure. So again, maybe people can get to those seven to eight views of of whatever it is you're talking about a little bit quicker, you're reaching more people. And again, like the brand's only going to benefit from that. So it's always a great thing um, to have as a creator. One other thing that I wanted to talk about as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, that idea of like, you know, you are contracted with the brand to maybe post something once. But again, people have to see it so many times before they're actually like, okay, let me go look into this. So if you are only able to contract a brand for for one story or whatever it is, and they're they're not willing to pay for any more, maybe you don't see the results you want to see. What happens in a situation where you don't get the results that you hope you did? And you're like, Oh, no, this brand's never going to want to work with me again. Like, what do I do? How do I keep them happy? What are ways that we can keep the brands happy in those situations? So the first part I think is you have to have a conversation in the beginning, knowing that one story is not going to cut it. You know that one story isn't going to give them any sort of engagement or impressions that they are looking for if you have asked for their goals. Then with that in mind, have a conversation saying, this is what I think we should add in. Maybe we should do an email to my list that I have that has an open rate of 45% and a click rate of 3% that will actually be talking specifically about your product if you are looking for clicks and buys and all those things. So now you give them an alternative way of what you are also looking to potentially put money behind for them to be able to put money behind. Now, if they turn around and say, no, 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 we're going to stay with that one story. We're just going to see how that does. Do the one story. I would then personally, I'd go and do the email. And then I would go back and say, this is why I wanted to have a conversation with you prior to the contract. Here's what this did. And here's what this did. Let's talk about the the fact that this email is much more valuable than the one 24-hour story impression and engagement that you got because you are subject to Instagram's algorithm. And we never know when that's going to change or what's going to happen with it. (laughs) So because of that, you have to be able to know your business and be able to articulate what is working and what are other potential ways based on their goals that you can get it in front of them. And then I would show them afterwards. Personally, that's what I've done in the past. (laughs) Yeah, to be like, well, here, this is what you missed out on. And I did it for you anyway. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, I think it really does come down to setting expectations, just like with any business, you know, in my past life, I was a makeup artist. And when I had brides who were like, super adamant about using something that I was like, this is not it like I would tell them okay well we'll use this but 
I don't know if this is going to last your full wedding because it's not a long wear product or whatever it is, you know, then they go into it and they're not mad at you at the end when you're, you know, when it doesn't come out the way that they wanted it to. Um, Setting those expectations is so important. I think a lot of creators get very nervous about that because they don't want to, you know, push back to what the brand is suggesting, suggesting, but at the end of the day, the you know your audience better. You know what performs better. You have to be confident enough to be a solid 50-50 partner with this brand and say, that's not going to work. If you want these results, I'm telling you what's going to work. And the brands aren't going to be mad at you. You know, worst case scenario, they're like, this is all we can afford. Let's just go with that. But at least you tried, <laughs> yes. you know, but but they're going to be happy, if anything, to be able to say, okay, this person cares about us and our mission and our goals enough that they're willing to say like, that's not going to work. You know, they're, they're straight up saying this is not the answer. Um, so I think having the confidence to stand up and say those things is more beneficial than not in every scenario. Absolutely. So Obviously, there are a bazillion creators nowadays. It used to be a a little less saturated, you could say, um, especially back in 2009. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Obviously, things have have shifted, especially with the pandemic. You know, so many creators are, are getting started on their journey now. That makes it a little bit more difficult for us um, when we are, you know, sending a pitch or or we are trying to reach out to a brand in some way because we have so much competition. Even on influencer platforms, you know, there there are thousands and thousands of, of creators applying to one partnership. So when we are sending that message, say like on a platform, or we are sending a message in, in a pitch email or in an Instagram DM or whatever it is, what's a way in those messages that we can actually stand out versus other creators so that these brands want to read our message and want to talk to us further versus just reading it and being like, okay, this looks the same as the other 50 emails that I read this morning like this. <laughs> so if it's a lot, I mean, you're going to, if it's coming straight from like TikTok, newer users, Instagram, newer users that have become influencers and they're putting, you know, looking to do sponsorships, right? They don't know the language. They don't know the language. They don't know the questions to ask. You need to be, you know, ask about key performance indicators. Um, ask about what their goals are. Make sure that you are using the language that shows that you know what you are doing. If you have multiple platforms, if you have an email list, if you have a blog, talk about it. Those things matter. Um, I know it's really hard for people to hear, but social media is rented property. They get to decide what is going to happen and when it is going mm-hmm. to happen. And I'm not saying this is like an old lady that doesn't believe in being on social media. I'm saying this as someone who had 660 thousand followers and the platform closed went Mm -hmm. away and they just went all gone and I wasn't smart enough at that time to know I need to be growing my email list I need to have a blog I need to have a way in which people can find me that is mine so finding those having those ways that are yours and then being able to articulate that I talk to so many clients that will say to me oh yeah I have my social media Instagram it's like uh, it's 12,000 and I'm like okay well what else and they'll tell me oh I've got like a list of 21,000 I'm like oh hold on a second what did you just say that's huge and they don't understand what they are holding on to if you were a blogger that gets 
a lot of page views because you understand how to do SEO and keyword research, you need to make sure they understand that. Anytime you start using industry terms, you elevate yourself. You are seen as a professional that understands things that multiple departments in that influencer marketing company that you were talking to has multiple departments doing different people who when you use those terms, they go, oh, wait a second, that's the SEO department. Hold on. I don't know what she's talking about. (laughs) And it puts it in front of them as this is something that's beneficial. She knows what she's talking about. We want to work with her. I absolutely love that perspective because I never, it's interesting, like when you're so deep in it, you're like, yeah, everyone knows how to like do this. You know what I mean? But like, it's so true. You know, so many people who are just getting into it don't know how to speak the language. And so when when you can set yourself apart by just knowing the terms and knowing how to speak, that really is huge. I know for me, like, previous to me becoming a full time creator, I was working as an influencer campaign manager. And I had dabbled myself for a couple years and working with brands. So I, I had like a pretty good understanding, of course, but I was absolutely floored when I saw the way that people interact with brands like when they're sending emails that just like has no punctuation or they're like taking three weeks to answer back and send stats and all of these things like you don't realize how much of a leg up you have when you are a professional and you know what you're talking about because those two things right there are are two things that a lot of other creators especially ones getting started you know very recently do not have. And honestly, you'd be very surprised. Yes. And I think another piece of it is as simple as we often, many of us start off as solopreneurs, but as we start to grow, we have a team. Talk about your team. Talk about you'll be hearing from so-and-so or just using we instead of I makes a huge difference because they understand there's people on your team helping to do certain social media or tracking or whatever it is. They see that then as you're not that Instagram influencer with the duck lips that we initially think of. You are that business owner that is wearing multiple hats that probably knows how to do their job better than they do. And you just need to be able to articulate it. I absolutely love that. Yes, I love that. So when you are working with brands and you're looking to, again, like have that repeat exposure, have that more consistent income, be able to work with brands uh, or the same brands over and over again, what is a way that you can kind of sell the brand on something that's a little bit more long term? Like, how does a creator sign a a 12 month contract, you know, uh, upfront versus just one Instagram post, and then it's done? Because obviously, I think for most creators, the perfect situation is where you can have, you know, maybe 10 brands that you work with, you work with them all year, and you've got your yourself set for the whole year, you don't have to worry about hustling to to pitch and hustling to make connections and all of these things, you know, you have you have your group of brands that you work with consistently. Um, what is a good way to kind of make those like super long term commitments with brands? So I think honestly, a lot of it has to often start off with them testing you out testing it to see if a campaign, you know, a lot of brands are not going to sign a six month, 12 month contract with you right out the gate. I'm just being honest. Uh, They are going to want to see more than that. I would 
often I always pit, tell I teach you pitch a package price. Your proposal is a package price of multiple deliverables. It is not just here's an Instagram post and that's it. That is not enough to do anything with the way that the algorithm works. So therefore you do a package price the first time. And then after the campaign is done, 30 days afterwards, I teach you give them a culmination document that shows exactly the engagements that's happened, all of the data that you can find, impressions, everything extra that you did, like that email that we gave it as an example before, and provide them with that data. And now you give them that information and then say, let's talk about how we can continue to work together. I'd love to put together a three-month, six-month proposal for you so that we can continue to build the trust with my audience yeah. because I am your go-to person. Just having the confidence to say that and to know that you are providing so much value to them is half the battle most of the times. Yeah. Confidence really is a huge part of being any sort of freelancer or business owner, like you have to be able to say like, I am worth this, or I can deliver this, I can perform in this way. Um, and, and I think that's, you're right, half the battle, a lot of creators are just afraid to believe in themselves, I guess, at the end of the day. Um, I do want to talk about this kind of like wrap up that you would say or culmination kind of document that you would be sending to a brand. I, I'm literally like, as you're saying these things, I'm hearing what my audience would say, well, what if this happens, you know, so I want to ask you all the things. So in some sort of wrap up like this, now, what if you do, you know, say that story in that email for a brand, and then it doesn't perform well, you know, like, how do you send brand stats that you're not super proud of? Is it something where you should kind of maybe push it out a couple more times and, and see where what happens from there and then send all of that? And it almost gives you the leg up because you're putting in all that extra work for the brand as well? Or how does that work? Yeah, that would be what I would recommend is that if you know something totally flopped, because let's say there's an algorithm change that day, and all of a sudden, Instagram has decided they hate reels. <laughs> and that's what the whole campaign was about. Yeah, I would figure out a different way to get content back in front of my audience to be able to give the stats and say, hey, listen, I know this reel did not perform the way that I anticipated it to. Here's what happened and explain, especially if you know that it's something that would definitely happened. Yeah. Um, and then be able to say, but here's what I went and did because I wanted to make sure I still got you the impressions, the engagement to, so we can continue to move forward on your goals that you had for this campaign. I think just being able to have that conversation to be able to say like, these are the specific things that we were trying to hit. Here's how we continue to move forward towards it. And doing something in replace of it is going to be definitely help overall. I like that. I, the idea of saying like, we're working towards it because so many times, like, again, we can't guarantee how one post is going to perform. Like we can guess. It, that's right. usually not how it happens though so like yes. being able to say like we need to do more to get here is a great way to to continue working with the brand like we're so close let's just keep going um and then again like you can you can consistently make more money um hopefully once you start getting going a little bit more you'll get more clicks more views all of these things um i know a lot of creators might hear this and be like, well, I don't want to do all this free work for the brand. But I do think, mm -hmm. it, again, it gives you a leg up in a way 
that shows the brand that you're very much dedicated to working with them. Like I'm more, I want to work with you so bad that I will literally do all of this free work for you because I want to prove to you that I'm in it for the right reasons and that I'm, you know, I'm here to help you guys reach your goals. Um, and again, like I think if it's a brand that you care about enough and like you're really, really passionate, you really want to keep working with them you should want to actually help them reach those goals. So doing a little bit of extra work that probably is not going to realistically take you that long, I think is worth it to to build that stronger relationship. And I think the key that you said is not going to take you that long. So you're not doing something brand new, a brand new reel that's going to take you three hours to put together. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about something that's going to, you're going to be able to rip off relatively quick and be able to get some engagement on it. Um, Whether that is right within the platform that they had you, or again, I know you keep hearing me talk about email, email, email. (laughs) I cannot stress that enough. It just, we don't pay enough attention to it. And it is one of the easiest ways to get engagement without it needing to be a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Email really is so underrated. I don't think hardly any creators have email lists, but like, it's a great way to just push out your content some more. Like how many times do you see someone that you haven't seen in a while? And they're like, Oh my gosh, I haven't seen any of your Instagram posts. Instagram doesn't show them to me anymore. But if they're on your email list, it's going to their inbox. Like, that is guaranteed. So it really is a very underrated way of reaching your audience. And again, like you can share your posts. You can say like, here's my my weekly wrap up of everything I posted on Instagram and TikTok this week. You send yes. it out once a week. And like, if anyone is going to look at stuff, it's right in front of their face. So it's a great method. And like, you know, go make an email list. What else do you need yes. to hear? <laughs> and with that, I mean, it doesn't even have to be like a total summary of everything. It could yeah. literally send them to the Instagram post. So now instead of you trying to rely on the algorithm for it to come up on Instagram, you have their email, you send them directly to the link to your Instagram post right. that gets the engagement and you give them a call to action in the email that says like, hey, if you leave me this, I'll send you, I'll say, hit you up with a DM for something else or whatever it is, yeah. you know, having that engagement. Um, there's just so much that you're able to do by having those names on an email list. And it's in order to get them on an email list, just offer them something that solves a problem for them. You're a beauty blogger. You want them on your list? Give them your top 10 products on a quick checklist or the top 10 things you need to do to spruce up your brows, whatever it is. And it's just something easy that they will give in exchange for their email. And it's nice with like a freebie like that because you put it together once, it takes you a whole hour and then you're like, don't have to worry about it. <laughs> you know, yes. like it's it's just leading people uh, to your email list time and time again and, and you only have to do it once. I love those kind of things. Um, yeah, that's definitely super, super helpful. Um, so you also have your um, your program, your course. So I would love to hear a little bit more about it as well. Yes. So Pitch Perfect Pro is my signature course. It's what I'm best known for. It kind of walks you all the way through the very beginning process of knowing how to pitch, how to use LinkedIn and the little secret thing that I show them behind the scenes of being able to do. Um, And then walks them through the whole proposal process, what a proposal should look like all the way to the culmination document, and then how to turn them into long-term contracts. That's my signature program that I'm most well-known for. Um, I do have a a workshop that is called the three secrets that brands are not telling you um, that is entirely free that people can jump on and just 
watch it whenever they want. Um, but it kind of just walks you through like the things that were really not being told. I'm, I'm going to go watch that after this. <laughs> what are they not telling me? I need to know. <laughs> so Jenny, this was amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Guys, all of Jenny's information that you need is down below. I'm going to link both her course and this amazing little secret <laughs> document you need to know about. That will be all down in the show notes for you guys. Jenny, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Kristen.